Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week, I am very happy to have with me Marcel Studer. Marcel is the founder of Econ Group, uh, well-known in the high-performance and passive house industry here in the Lower Mainland. He does a lot of teaching and uh, also makes a lot of high-performance buildings. So, Marcel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sean, for having me. No, I'm happy to have you here. We've known each other for a little while. And uh, you've got a, a very interesting story that I'm looking forward to, you know, the listeners and viewers uh, participating in. Um, but maybe before we jump into that, for people who don't know you, you can do a quick intro. So my name is Marcel Studer. I was um, born in Switzerland and moved to Canada 20, 21 years ago now. So in uh, February 2000, spent a few years in Ontario and then moved to the West Coast. Uh, my background is in architecture. I have a master's degree from university in Zurich. But uh, when I graduated, there was not a lot of jobs in that field uh, within Switzerland. And um, my wife decided to do a, take a course in, uh, in Toronto. That's how we ended up in Canada. And I really got more involved with the, the building side of things. actually worked as a landscape contractor for a while and then met my current business partner, Mike. And we founded Econ Group and got into construction that way. Okay. And so I always ask my guests, because I'm always curious about it, um, was architecture always an interest for you growing up, or was there a different plan for what you uh, saw yourself doing? Um, I always uh, was fascinated by construction and building, and uh, I was, you know, uh, my skills kind of were in the in the science, and I was quite creative, like, you know, the draw and all that. So. It seemed, it's always a tough choice when you have to make that when you're like, uh, you know, 16 years old and uh, choose the career you want to go into. Um, it was a very tough um, course. Uh, it's a very big school and it's, you know, it's very intense. And um, um, I learned a lot, but uh, I also was kind of happy that I didn't end up fully in the profession being in, inside a, an architect's office and having to deal with all that competition and the time crunches and all that and uh, I think I always had that kind of hands-on um, skill in, uh, in me that I liked working with my hands and that's probably why I ended up where I am now. Okay and that's uh, kind of leads into my, my next question obviously is uh, I'm always curious with people who are entrepreneurs like yourself that have started you know successful companies um, why uh, and you answered it a little bit but why why start your own company versus maybe go and work for another uh, firm for a while? So that's something I would never have thought of in Switzerland because it's quite a bit different the way the culture is, business culture is there. There's a lot of well-established uh, family businesses. It kind of happened because of Canada and because of Mike too. We already in in, uh, in Ontario we had our own incorporation, and I was just blown away at that point that that actually could do that. It was never really part of my plan and generally i'm not a big planner guy i kind of go with a gut feeling and uh you know it's just these things kind of you know when i see an opportunity i uh, i jump in it and it feels good so that's how my whole kind of well professional life has been uh so not huge plans to you know have this kind of uh company by then and have that much re revenue by this stage so uh, a little bit more uh, organically grown i guess and 
yeah, I mean, now I would have a hard time going back into a, into a corporate world where I need to work for someone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, um, I, I'm that way with uh, my workspace. You know, people with uh, what's going on in the world right now are all all trying to get used to working from home. And I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And I think working in an office would be a little weird for me at this point. So it's uh, I guess it's what you're used to. Um, for people who aren't familiar with Econ Group, maybe talk a little bit about the company. What do you guys uh, specialize in and kind of what services do you offer? So we specialize in... Um single-family home construction. We've done as, done as big as a uh, fourplex, but typically our, uh, our bread and butter is um, single-family new construction transformations as well, and really focusing on high performance. So we have, you know, even from the beginning onwards, when we founded uh, Econ Group here in BC in uh, 2003, the code was changing, you know, rain screens became mandatory and more insulation was, and we always kind of been uh, really, uh, you know, absorbing that and trying to push the envelope uh, to be at the forefront of things in that regard. Um, and we also, because of my background in design, we can offer a full design build package. And that's to make a lot of sense, especially when you look at high performance, where you need to plan the, or design the project really with uh, the high performance standard in mind. Because uh, it's harder to kind of put it on an existing design. But our work is kind of half-half of uh, own designs built and also working with architects, uh, local architects, and build their design. Okay. And you'd mentioned kind of the high-performance side of things. I mean, I think the majority of your guys' projects are high-performance or what most people consider to be high-performance buildings. Uh, is that, uh, do you think, a reflection of kind of where you come from and that being more the norm there? Or was that kind of a, a purposeful choice at the time? Again, it was kind of a, an a organically kind of um, growing into that too. I mean, definitely had something more, probably more subconsciously to do with the, the way I experienced buildings in Europe growing up. Um, but also, um, it's just the time we were in the right, uh, right place at the right time or we met the right people. And this was all kind of by accident. We met Guido Wimmers who brought the Pacifier standard over and became friends, right? So... It's all these, you know, kind of connections that in the end, you know, and once we, we learned about it, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Let, let's do it. And, uh, you know, both Mike and me, we appreciate uh, this beautiful uh, part of the country we live in. And, you know, don't take it for granted. And that, you know, also, the, you know, the comfort uh, for the clients that comes with buildings uh, that are high performance. So I think it's, a, it's, a, it's not a simple answer. It is a lot of things that played into together. It wasn't just one day I woke up and decided, yeah, we got to do high performance now. So it, it evolved uh, into that. Okay. And now it's like second nature almost. Like it, we couldn't build any other way, right? We're so used to it. And my guys included, right? We, my staff, my, my, my carpenters, et cetera. Okay. And I mean, you're obviously pretty involved in uh, Passive House specifically. You know, you teach for Passive House Canada. Um, you know, you've been a big, big part of that community for a while now. Um, what are some of the things that you find the most interesting about Passive House? What I really like about the Passive House standard is that it's it's very simple at its nature, really, and it's it's uh, performance based. So it doesn't mean there is uh, you know one way to build uh, to get to the results. So that's why it's also so successful across the globe because, you know, every country has their own uh, building practices and um, 
it really can build a pacifier in any climate. It gets really tough if it's very cold, but uh, it can be possible. And you can really build it out of anything, uh, any materials you have available. Um, so that really made it attractive. And then really the focus also on not just the energy savings, but the comfort for the, uh, the people uh, working or living in those buildings. Um, definitely a really hot topic now. We're spending more time indoors. We're trying you know, to filter out pollutants, uh, even, you know, have uh, fresh air ventilation to uh, dilute you know, the viruses, etc. That's all uh, very important and more and more important now. People are starting to realize that, how important that is. And yeah, I think those things together is really what, what, uh, what I think is the, makes it the most uh, interesting and the most exciting about it. Okay. And I guess on the flip side of that coin, what are some of the perceived and, and maybe real uh, challenges with uh, building to the Pacifo standard for uh, in kind of the residential space that you guys are in? So we've been kind of, you know, fighting an uphill battle with the municipalities and, uh, you know, the code officials, et cetera, especially with, in the beginning, there was no products, really high performance products available. I mean, Sega is an example of that. You know, we, we had to fight. And, and the problem is it's so diverse, right? Every municipality is a little bit different. So what works in Vancouver doesn't work in Langley necessarily or in North Vancouver. So you're continuously getting confronted with kind of that, you know, the unknown. And then uh, a lot of time it's the negative kind of attitude towards it. You know, we haven't seen it. We don't know what it is. Uh, we don't want it uh, you to use it in this building. So that was, uh, it's getting much better, but there's still some of those battles we have to fight. Um, and that takes a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, in the end, it's, uh, it's also a lot of education. And uh, I think, you know, kind of find a way to be more preemptive and actually talk to the inspectors and uh, you know the, the plan checkers before we go in for the permit and just tell them what we're doing and that can help. Um, and obviously, so uh, in flux now, the code is changing and all these uh, everyone involved has to learn more about high performance. I think it's just a thing of uh, will be a thing of the past soon. Uh, and then obviously, uh, there's always some you know it costs a little bit more to do it. I guess if you you know, if you're doing it right uh, at the moment, it always depends whether you compare it to. We're now like a lot of um, municipalities are in level of step four, three or four. So that premium to go, you know, to five or beyond to passive house becomes smaller and smaller. And a lot of it can be controlled in the design and also in the way you're, you know, you're finishing your interiors. Uh, it's just, you know, putting a bit more money in the envelope. Uh, into good windows, uh, more insulation and air tightness, and then maybe being a bit more smart how to uh, finish out your, your building on the inside. Okay. Not necessarily something bad, but challenges, I guess, we, you know, we all face uh, every day. Yeah. I mean, and you have you have a bit of a unique window into it, being that you you teach about Passive House, but you also, like you were mentioning, your company uh, designs and builds Passive Houses and other high-performance houses, but you also consult with other people who are looking to build these uh, high-performance uh, homes. What do you think, are, or what are some of the common misses that you've run into when other companies are building their first uh, Passive House or, or high-performance home? Um, I think it's just having the, the 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 design and the planning in the PHPP done uh, properly before you start breaking ground. A lot of we're so used in home building to make decisions on the fly, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also the clients are used to that, right? They, once the frame goes up, then they go, oh, I don't really like this window here. Let's move it there or let's move it small. And, um, and that still, still could be done, but it really has, you know, the more you have in these envelopes, the more it's going to cost to change that. You now have to change your, you know, the airtight layer, you have to change insulation, the size of the windows. The windows maybe have a lead time of like uh, three, four months or more. So it's not that easy, right? Um, so that's kind of, you know, it focuses more on planning and being more prepared. And uh, I think the industry is generally not so, uh, not everyone is uh, kind of, you know, prepared for that yet. But uh, that's uh, something I see. And then just, I think the, more, the most important thing is that people understand what the standard is about, like see the bigger picture, kind of not just focus on, okay, I'm the contractor. I really just need to do air tightness. Right? Uh, I mean, that is the big part for the, construction crew but if they understand why the air tightness is important they see the you know the energy balance of the whole building and you know they see the bigger picture they will have a much better uh first of all interest in in not doing a good job uh but also um you know can understand if something goes wrong what what could be the how the whole building gets affected okay um and so with Econ Group, uh, what are some of the lessons that you've learned kind of uh, over you know, the time that you guys have been in business with running an, a small business as far as personnel and uh, um, kind of the overall vision of the business? Um, so we started out, um, you know, before we really got into high performance film, we're starting uh, out to putting up kit homes, like, you know, catalog homes <laughs> for baby boomers on the Gulf Islands. And uh, it was actually pretty good. I mean, everything was pre-cut. I mean, the designs were not that great. Um, and we just basically did the framing and lockup. But then we quickly realized that, you know, the foundations we had to build on were a lot of times not really done well. So we realized that we have to do more. So our model became quickly, you know, from ground up to turnkey doing everything ourselves because we can control it. And also with our own employees. so we. Uh, started, you know, hiring people and educating them and, you know, do our best to keep to keep them to stay with us because that consistency is very important. And again, it's a, it's a fine balance uh, of, you know, giving them enough room to grow as well, feel like they're, uh, they're moving up within the company, getting more responsibility and, you know, making sure the quality is there and uh, kind of teach or you know, control the quality on site. But I think, uh, I don't want to speak for my employees, but I think they're they're pretty happy because they have that freedom in a way that we let them run and uh, and you know find that I always say there's lots of different ways to do the same thing, right? There and that uh, everyone has you know kind of come up with great ideas, and uh, we're always you know trying out new things. And uh, with custom homes, every project is a prototype, right? To a certain extent, there's always some new details we haven't done before. Of course, we have standard details that we like to do, but there's always something uh, new that we have to try or we try out. And I think you need that kind of openness is important. Uh, it's also you know, you're not running into kind of uh, you know into walls with your head, and uh, you know it's not going to go the way I wanted it. It's sometimes you have to let go of it, and then you, like a, a challenge can be an, an opportunity becomes like a, a new thing. You're gonna get some great value out of so. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the philosophy that we, and both Mike and me have. And uh, yeah, it's it worked well so far. So we're not very rigid in the way we run our business in that regard. 
That's really interesting. Um, where do you think that leads for you? Like, what's what's your plan in the future for Econ Group? Is it going to kind of stay the same size? Are you going to expand? Uh, what's kind of uh, your thought process there? I think the size will stay. I think this is kind of the sweet spot we fear because, you know, it's all about bigger businesses needing more uh, overheads. Uh, I think, uh, for, you know, unless you're really a, a mass kind of production outfit, then it starts to make sense again. But we run really slim on our overhead. We have a little lane house where our office is in where I am right now. Uh, we try not to, uh, you know, we actually got rid of storage because we ended up just storing leftover materials from jobs and then paying for that. And then, the, so what we do now is we return what we can and the rest goes to um, a habitat for humanity where they reuse the, the hardware for, you know, people who uh, can't afford it. So I think that's worked really well. So that, again, um, I'm not trying to have too much equipment like uh we have one truck that we use for work now. Uh, we sold, we have personal trucks that we had, but we sold them now. We actually got a little electric car now. So doing a, uh, walking the walk a bit as well, <laughs> just talking about how low energy and high performance and, uh, you know, doing something good for the environment. So I think all these things, you know, uh, makes us nimble and we don't want to necessarily, you know, become a big uh, corporation, a big builder that's uh, there. And we're quite niche. And then also the balance of, uh, consulting um, for other, uh, you know, builders and designers, etc., and teaching, etc. Yes, things that I, you know, personally uh, interested in, and also, you know, it's a hard time now with with COVID. I mean, this construction is still booming, but it's getting very difficult to be competitive as well. So um, we'll try our best to, you know, keep going with the building side. That's definitely the goal. Okay. So when I get towards the end of these episodes, I typically ask uh, two questions. Uh, so the first one is, if you could eliminate any one misconception about better construction or about high-performance construction for your uh, case, uh, what misconception would you get rid of? Um, I think it would have to do with, it's actually probably a form of the other way. It's like uh, an unknown uh, uh, people don't know, uh, like clients don't know what it will be to live in a high-performance building. So if I could take that wand and get everyone to stay in a in a passive house hotel or an Airbnb for a night and experience that thermal comfort, so obviously in the winter time would be the best time for that. And that you know continuously fresh air that comes in with the HRE, I think we would have much more acceptance from uh, from everyone, from the general public, uh, about high performance. Perfect. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That makes a ton of sense. I know they've done that in certain places in Europe, yeah. um, and it's definitely helped. So it'd be good to uh, good to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, the last question I have is a personal interest question. I, I read and collect a lot of books, and so I'm curious if you were to recommend a book right now, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be for you? Uh, it's personal, and uh, it's actually a series of books, and I'm just reading the newest one, and. Uh, the first one was uh, Pillars of the Earth, uh, Ken Follett, yeah. and it's about it's about building, but it's a, it's a, it's historic based. So it's basically about this town in England, um, and the main character is a master builder of a cathedral. And then you know the, the other books take it in like completely different centuries. And actually, the latest one goes now before that uh, Pillars of the Earth kind of in time, and it's just around uh, 990 uh, BC. Uh, when the Vikings still were invading, uh, I just started that. So I think it's kind of fresh in my 
And I, I like, I enjoy these books that are fiction, where you still learn a little bit about the history and uh, definitely like the way people lived in, in those in those years, so different from what we have now, stuff we have access to. Very cool. Very cool. I'm definitely going to look at that one. Uh, well, Marcel, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Uh, for everyone listening and watching, I'm going to put links down below to Marcel and Econ Group on social media so you can check out their upcoming projects. And uh, with that, Marcel, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much, Sean. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to this week's episode of Better Construction. I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you have any questions for myself or the guest, you feel free to reach out on social media or on the website at uh, www.betterconstructionmedia.com. And with that, we'll talk again next time.